Our next retreat is finally here. It's called Adventures in Energetics, and it's happening November 8th to the 14th, 2024 in Boquete, Panama. This seven-day, six-night retreat in the beautiful cloud forest of Panama is going to be a unique experience. This program is a not-for-beginners retreat. And what I mean by that is you will actually have to fill out an application before you will be accepted to be able to register for the program because we are going to be doing more advanced level energetics and I need to make sure that everybody who comes is actually ready for the work. We will be doing a Kundalini awakening. We will be doing group visioning process called a spiritual canoe. We will be doing daily presence practices and working on expanding our energy. We will be doing daily rituals. This process will be related to specifically the people who are there because in addition to filling out the questionnaire about what your experience is, you're also gonna ask for what it is that you'd like to learn. So part of the curriculum for this is set and part of it will be designed around the desires of the participants. I only have 20 beds available for this retreat, so it will fill up quickly. So this is the time to register. Do not wait. To find out more, go to kellysparta.com forward slash retreat. I look forward to seeing you there. Another blood red sunset and yet another moon face and still another hundred miles to my next resting place. Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon, within my car I'm all Feeling good and feeling strong Knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself I'm driving Hello and welcome to Spirit Sherpa, the show that helps and encourages you on your journey to unlock your magic mojo. I'm your host, just kidding, I'm your co-host because it's like that today. Yes, it is. Oh my gosh. I'm I'm just, Chris, we're just rolling with it. I'm Jules, your co-host. How y'all doing? (laughs) If you're new to this work, please start with episode one. Intermediate students, go ahead and fast forward to episode 98 and advance. Go ahead forward to episode 200. With me as always to share her insight and wisdom is the spirit doctor, Kelly Sparta. Hey, Hey. Kelly. And if you're wondering, Chris is our editor. (laughs) We're just going to ignore this one, Chris. You can just ignore it. We're going to keep rolling. We're going to keep rolling. Why? Because it's that kind of day. Because it is that kind of day. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I actually (laughs) had one of my clients look at me and I was like, why are you so low energy? And she's like, I'm like, you want to do this tomorrow? She's like, I so do. I'm like, okay, great. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah, it's one of those days. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I actually had to, we were going to do back-to-back podcasts today, and then I had to not do that because uh, I had to reschedule my spiritual coach certification uh, class, which normally happens on Fridays, but I moved it to today because I was supposed to have my birthday celebration tomorrow, even though my birthday was on the first. Uh, we yeah, were celebrating. Happy birthday to you. Thank happy you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday from all of your listeners. Happy birthday. Yeah. Birthday to you, Kelly Sparta. Yay! <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, we were supposed to do that. But uh, one of the vagaries of living in Panama is that uh, the Panamanian people, when they get upset about something with the government, shut down all the roads. 
and they they literally like drag rocks across the roads and and so that you cannot drive. And they have been doing this for the last three weeks. And like every day? Like like nonstop. Yeah. Oh, okay. What what are they pissed about? Well, they have good rights. There's a good reason to be pissed. The, the the government signed an agreement with a mining contract to mining contractor to do open pit mining for copper, which is a huge. It's like one and a half percent of the GDP of the of the country, but um, it also has terrible environmental impact. And the uh, the the locals are like, we don't want to be a mining country. There are 14 different mines that exist, and they if all of them were running, they would Swiss cheese the country. And they they shut down all but this one, and they're working on shutting this one down. <laughs> so uh, they are, they're just like, we don't want to be a mining country. And the government has signed a contract, and so there, obviously there, there would be penalties for backing out of this contract and whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, the president has called for a referendum to, you know, a vote uh, in December. And everybody was like, yay, but boo, because you're trying to push it down the road and hope we we're going to ignore it. And that's not going to happen. And, and then, of course, the presidential election is happening next year. And the election committee came back and said, there's no money for a vote in December. We only have the money to do the vote for the presidential. If you want another vote, you're going to have to give us some money, and we don't have it. And so there will be no vote unless you give us money. <laughs> and so, so the, the protests are going on. And so we, there is no um, gasoline to be purchased. There is no propane to be purchased. There, I, I haven't heard this yet, but I'm expecting that at some point the, the ATM machines are going to run out of money. That happened last year when they had the protests when we first got here. And um, so, you know, you go to the store and sometimes there's stuff there and sometimes there isn't, depending on whether they got it around the back and, you know, took it down the little side roads and whatever. But, you know, there's one main road that that services the entire country. And if they shut that down, it shuts down most of anything getting anywhere. And, you know, big things like the gas tankers and stuff like that can't get through on the smaller roads. But there's been problems, you know, like they're not letting ambulances through to the hospitals and stuff like that. So, so yeah. everything is shut down. Yeah. And yesterday somebody got pissed off and shot a couple of the protesters and killed them. So, Uh-oh. yeah. So, you know, we're being we're, we're hunkering down in place. You know, it was far away from here. So it's not like it was. You know, yeah, I was gonna say that how close area. vicinity wise. I, I don't remember exactly where it was, but um, you know, we're we're in a tiny little town, so mostly we're fine. They do have some protests, and we avoid them. You know, you don't go near them as a gringo; it's not a good idea. Um, but uh, you know, most for the most part, it's just you know we're stuck in our houses. I got a, a text message this morning from one of my friends saying, "How you doing?" And I said, "I'm bored as a gourd." <laughs> I'm like, I'm bored. I'm so bored. Like I haven't left my, I literally, my husband and I went for a walk yesterday with the dog and I was so excited to be out of my house. I can't even tell you. All we did was walk on our neighborhood and I was just like, oh yeah. 
So I'm, you know, I haven't been running karaoke, I, which is where I get all my exercise, right? Is going out and seeing friends and and running karaoke where I'm running all over the place all night. And and I looked at my husband, I said, this is the first real exercise that I've had in three weeks because, you know, he generally takes a dog out for a walk while I'm working. And so I'm like, I haven't gotten out of the house and exercise at all in three weeks, which is ironic because I just lost another couple hundred, uh, another couple pounds. Um, so I'm officially down 35 pounds since Sweet. I got here. Yeah. And yay. So, Go you. Yay. And so I'm celebrating with brownies. <laughs> well, of course you are. Cause you know, that's what we do. Yeah. You know, we made hell. brownies just before I, I, you know, about an hour ago, we made some brownies. And so at some point my husband's going to come in here when the brownies have cooled enough and that, yet they're still warm and he's going to bring me a warm brownie because that's what I want. Damn it. And so there will be brownie. With a big, tall glass, like for me, it would be like yes. ice cold with ice in the milk, milk. Well, I do almond milk and no ice in it, but yes. And um, so, you know, we made, we made brownies with instant coffee and cardamom and cinnamon and uh, milk chocolate chips and 80% dark cacao chocolate bar chunked up and yeah i don't i don't i don't mess around with my brownies yeah i was gonna say that's some serious now they happy brownies are they because i can hear that from the audience are they happy brownies (laughs) (laughs) brownies brownies, okay legal in 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 panama just for the record so yeah, these are plain brownies, but I, I do love to, I am known for doctoring my brownies to make them more interesting tasting. And, you know, and we added vanilla bean to this and the nice Ooh, pinch yummy, salt. yummy, yummy. Yeah. It's, it's just like, you know, we're, we do the gourmet brownie thing. So I'm, I'm going to, at some point, my husband's going to walk in here and I'm going to be like, I must take a break for a brownie. So <laughs> brownie bite. Brownie bite. Yeah, there you go. So, Yeah. Cool. So, uh, yeah, since so my birthday that I was going to celebrate tomorrow has been canceled because nobody has gas to get anywhere. Um, we're all conserving our gas to, to only go for groceries and, you know, meds and whatever, right? Whatever we might absolutely need. Okay, that's what I was going to ask you. What about like going to the grocery store and, and if you had to go to the doctor, can, are those places accessible? Um, well, yeah, if you have gas, yes. Yeah. So we've, we've got a, you know, like two thirds, two thirds of a tank of gas in the car right now. Um, and that's just cause we've been conserving. So, you know, normally a tank of gas would last us a week and a half to two weeks because it's a small town. We don't go that far. Um, and, but my husband likes to get in the car two or three times a day and go and do things. So, um, you know, it just makes him happy to get out of the house two or three times a day. So, uh, you know, we have been, cutting that way back to like once every two or three days, uh, you know, maybe four days. We, we, we also have a co- had a COVID scare. Um, my massage therapist who comes to the house had just finished spending four hours here. Each, each of us had an hour and a half and then we fed him lunch. And, um, and then he calls us 15 minutes after he leaves and says, I uh, just got a notice from my, my client that I met with two days ago that they've gotten a positive COVID test. And so, you know, I'm like, so on top of it, we still, we couldn't do that either. We had plans to see friends like the first time we've been doing anything with anybody the following day and we couldn't see them because of the COVID scare. So as it turns out, he, he tested negative, so we're fine. But, um, but yeah, so it's, it's been a thing 
I'm just, I'm ready for this protest to be over, right? You know, it lasted about three weeks last year and we're at, we're about that mark now. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping it'll break soon, but we have no idea. So, but my birthday party tomorrow has been canceled. So sad. So. Well, we can just postpone it. It's been, it's been postponed. It has, but it's at the moment it's postponed indefinitely because we have no idea. Right. So hence the brownies. <laughs> because by the time I get to my my birthday, the lady who normally makes the cakes, I think it will be out of town. She's she's heading back to the US soon. So and my friend Heather makes cakes for everybody in town. She's it's her thing. So I, I don't think I'm gonna get my cake, which is very sad because it was gonna be a, a, a key lime cake, which that sounded amazing. Anyway, we're, we're we're a third of the way into this podcast, and we're still shooting the shit. So we should probably like get to the episode. Um, but yeah. So anyway, the 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 topic of spiritual addiction. I don't know why I have not had this conversation before. Now I swear to God, I should have had this conversation ages ago, but I didn't. So we're going to talk about it now, and you're probably going to hear me talk about it ad nauseum coming forward because it is such an important topic. So. Here's the way this works, right? You guys have heard what is me it? talk about. Yeah, well, so so I'm going to I'm going to I'll get to it, but I'm going to remind you of the stages of spiritual growth because it matters, right? So in the beginning, when you're looking at life and going there's got to be more to life than this. That is the discovery phase and you go looking for the magic pill that's going to solve all your problems, right? And literally the magic pill because we're in the spirituality spirituality world. You start out looking for the magic pill solution and you're like jumping from thing to thing to thing to thing going, how about this? How about this? How about this? And then you you start to see things that actually work. And at that stage, you're, you're in the proof and proselytizing stage because you go, holy shit, this stuff really works. I must tell everyone I know. I drag them out to classes with me so they don't think I'm nuts, right? Yeah. And so that begins the, you know, drag all your friends out, start to really look into this, see see what else you can find that works, you know, all of this, right? And then you move into the prove it slash spiritual addiction stage, okay? And what that means, and you guys are going to recognize yourselves right now, so I'm just going to warn you. This is that stage where you're consuming every video, every podcast, every piece of information, you know, the online courses. You've got eight books on the side of your bedstand that are stacked up with you have read part of all of them, but not all of any of them. And then you buy a few more and you think, oh, well, I'll cycle them in, even though you haven't finished the other one. And it doesn't really matter because you're just going to read them because that's what you need in the moment. And you're just sucking up all the information. Okay. And you and you buy $500 worth of crystals in one shopping spree. Yes. Yes. Crystals, tarot cards, mm, uh, 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 incense, pendulums, you know, candles, smudge. Yeah, all the stuff. You're buying all the props, right? All the spiritual props. Okay. So, and, and you guys are probably laughing your asses off at yourself right now because I... I you know, this is kind of where everybody is probably. So the spiritual addiction piece and the prove it, right? So it's, it's prove to yourself that you can do it, right? That's what the prove it is. But the spiritual addiction piece is in conflict with that piece. 
Because at the same time you're trying to prove to yourself that you can do it, you're looking outside of yourself for the power. Brownie has arrived. <laughs> it's brownie time. Brownie time. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, it's so good. Wow. That is so good. All right. We need mm. smell a vision. Oh. You can taste it. Oh my God. It's hot. <laughs> taste a <of> vision. <laughs> oh my God, it's hot. Burn it in my mouth. Okay. So everyone, just expand your consciousness to mm. to taste the brownie. Mm. <laughs> You're my empath self. Well, everybody starts drooling while they're listening right. to this and they're driving. And yeah. they're like, what the hell? Well, there yeah. you go, baby. It works. That's because I, I make kick-ass brownies. <laughs> okay. So you're in conflict with yourself because you're both trying – Okay, I gotta stop eating that. Okay, you're both trying to, um, you're both trying to prove that you can do this yourself, and at the same time, you're trying to look for your power outside of yourself by buying all of the props and all of the things and looking for the solutions outside of yourself. So I'm looking both inward and outward at the same time. I'm thinking inward to prove it to myself. So I'm looking within myself for the, I'll say, for the power, for the proof is in the pudding. But yet, I need all these little things, and so I'm, in, you know, surrounding myself with all the things. Right. Okay. So, think of the things. So, any addiction is simply taking an empty space in your energy field, which is typically in the third chakra, right? So, the empty space being the, I don't feel good enough, I don't feel deserving, I don't feel like it's okay for me to receive, I don't feel like it's okay for me to take up space. All of that stuff generally lives in the third chakra. And you're trying to fill that spot with the things that you do in the second chakra in the pleasure-seeking center. So, whether you have a sex addiction or a drug or alcohol addiction or you know, a shopping addiction or a spiritual addiction. We're seeking pleasure. So we're doing this high vibe stuff that feels good. We're leaving our bodies. We're getting up into spirit. It's all the it's all the same stuff. You're just doing it in a, you're you're shifting your addiction from a physical thing to a spiritual thing, but it's still an addiction. Still okay, st- and still serving as a distraction. Right. If you doubt that Think about what it would be like to do zero spiritual work for the next month, to consume to consume zero spiritual stuff for a month, right? What would it feel like to do that? And if you feel like you're like, yeah, you're a junkie, okay? You're a junkie. That's just how it is, okay? That's it. it I mean, it is. I can't help it. it. It just is. It's a phase. We all go through it, right? And so... What you have to recognize is that the spiritual addiction is based in the fact that you're still looking outside of yourself for solutions. And that external source, you know, that I, well, I need a crystal for this, and I need a, a tarot card for that, and I need my angels to do this, and I need all the signs and all the synchronicities to happen, and da, 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 all, the, all the stars must align, and the moon must be in the right phase, and all of this, right? It's all looking outside of yourself. 
When you start to make real progress is when you start to look inside of yourself, when you give up the search for the magic pill, okay? That magic pill does not freaking exist, okay? The, the, I had an itch yeah, okay. <laughs> top of my head, and then I'm like, ow, it hurts. But what? But what? I don't <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. <laughs> Yeah. So this, this magic pill doesn't exist. And in our spiritual addiction, we're, we think that gaining more knowledge is going to get us somewhere. And it's not the knowledge that you get from outside that gets you anywhere. It's the knowledge that you get from inside that gets you there. It's the knowledge of yourself. It's the acceptance of yourself. It's the going within and finding the still place and being willing to take up space in your own life. It's all of these pieces. Now, yeah, for a lot of us, you know, the childhood trauma stuff and all the stuff that's happened, you know, we have some things to unlearn and there's some unlearning to be done, right? But the unlearning is taking out the garbage that other people put in right? It's, it's not actually a magic pill. It's, it, it, I mean, it, it can feel like that if you do it enough of it fast enough. I mean, you know, I get people who are like, holy crap, after, three, after four months in the program. But the, the fact is that the magic pill is you. You're, you're the magic pill. Being with yourself, being able to be with yourself, being able to trust yourself, being able to be in integrity with yourself, being able to love yourself, that's the magic pill, right? That's the thing that opens up everything inside of you. That's the part that allows you to be still enough to connect with your guides on a deeper level, to be uh, willing to accept and own your power because you've cleared out that well of rage that makes you feel like you're unsafe, right? And so, therefore, you won't ever give yourself your own power. If you clear that out, then your your willingness to own your own power dramatically increases. You know, there's a lot of things that just disappear as problems when you can be with yourself. And, you know, that is that is the true magic pill, and to do that, you have to break the spiritual addiction. You know, so something you guys don't know is that, you know, the, in the second program that we run, in the Wu Squared program, there, it's actually broken into six parts. And in between each part, there is an instruction to do no spiritual work for, depending on the part, one to two weeks. And the purpose of that is one, to give you time for integration of the things that you've learned because we're going so fast with so much stuff that you need you need downtime where you're not taking anything in in order for your, your brain and your body and your energy field to be able to integrate what you've got. So that's number one. But number two is that it's meant to break the spiritual addiction. And so it, it pulls you away from it enough that you start to go, oh, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I have this unhealthy draw towards this stuff. Maybe I should think about this and maybe I should, you know, take a little break. And when you take a break and you start to refocus on yourself, you go, oh, yeah, this is better, right? I don't need to learn that next crazy magic thing or, you know, I don't need to learn that new healing modality or whatever, right? I can just be and maybe... If I be long enough, I can just channel that shit and not have to pay for it, 
right? That is what we really hope for, is to, to be able to lean into our own stuff. That's what I tell everybody with my programs, is that they're designed for you to not need me again when you're done, right? That's the goal, is for you to stand up on your own, be able to be like, woohoo! And, you know, if you want to give me a... You know, if you want to poke me and say, hey, I need some help on this or that, or you want to check in or whatever, I'm, I'm, I'm always available. But the goal is that you don't need me, right? And so for that to be the case, you have to break that addiction and you have to start leaning into your trust of your own intuition, your trust of your own connection to spirit, your trust of your own ability to just channel what you need. You're not talking about an addiction as far as me seeking knowledge so that I can grow or me seeking knowledge of to, you know, I mean, there's a learning process, but kind of what I hear you say is all in all, the magic, we are the magic. It's not the thing I'm going to make, you know, use this as like my pendulums. My pendulums are not magic. It's that's me. But when all of that is just the seeking of knowledge, just for the sake of seeking knowledge, Instead of going within and going, hey, I can, I can do this myself. I can, you know, I can work through my shadow work. I can, using myself as an example, um, if I'm working on remote viewing, you know, I'm like, I can do this. You know, there's, I, I know I can. And, but it's not the, ooh, I have to learn every little thing there is about remote viewing. Ooh, if I can remote view, then I can do this and I can do this and I can do this. And having that be a distraction instead of working on myself to then strengthen my inner self. Is that correct? Yes, and. This is the this is the crux point, right? Because I hear from people all the time, well, I did therapy, I've done all these classes, I haven't made any progress. And when you say, I've done all of these things and I haven't made any progress, what that says to me is that you never actually really engaged. And I know I've just pissed some people off. So let me explain what I mean. Woo. Okay. I felt that one. Yeah. <laughs> so now don't get me wrong. You can do a lot of these things and make little progress and that's you still engaging. Okay. But if you've made no progress, then that's, that's you resisting. Okay. Because, you know, you should be able to make some progress from almost, you know, when that not almost anything, but a lot of things, okay? And so here's the thing. If what you were doing in the work that you were doing did not make you uncomfortable, you weren't doing anything, okay? Okay, we're not, we're not moving the needle. You're not moving the needle. If you're not uncomfortable, if you're not stepping outside of your comfort zone, if you're not going, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to do it because it's, it's what I need to do. If you're not doing that, you're not going to make progress ever, okay? If you're waiting for somebody to make you feel okay to, to share or make you feel okay to do the work, that is never going to happen because the work comes when you get uncomfortable, okay? When you go through the I'm not okay, right? That is when the work happens. And if you are not going through that, if you are not feeling not okay and uncomfortable and Sometimes, you know, you feel like your skin is crawling or there's ants crawling on it or you want to jump out of your own skin. That's when you know you're doing the work, okay? That's the thing. And this is why it's so important. This is why we talk about in the Welcome to the Woo program about finding mental, emotional, and energetic safety because 
it is very difficult to do that level of work when you don't feel safe to begin with. When you feel unsafe on all of those levels all the time, you feel like, I don't, I can't, I can't do any more, right? I'm already at my limit. My monkey mind screams at me 24-7. My anxiety is through the roof. I'm overwhelmed. I'm burnt out. I'm crispy crittered. I can't. You can't make me. I just can't. I need to feel better. You need to make me feel better. But that can't happen unless you get uncomfortable and you're already at your limit. You're already like just about drowning. This is why it's so important to do the safety work first because it gets you back to a baseline where you have the bandwidth to actually do that work where you go, oh, yeah, I'm uncomfortable, but that's okay. I feel generally okay otherwise, so I can do this here, right? And that's the differential is a lot of people try and skip that safety part and go straight into the work. And then they they shut down. They shut down when the work comes up because they're like, I can't, I just can't, you know, and they'll, they'll run away. They'll storm off. They'll mentally step back, dissociate, I've seen all kinds of things. I see people all the time who are like, I don't even want to be on the planet. I'm going to be half out of my body the whole time. You know, that's, it's common, right? That again is a spiritual addiction piece. And do you see them like, um, if I'm working on this, 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 now I'm getting uncomfortable. I'm going to change directions and I'm going to go try something new. So it's always the, Ooh, let let me tell you about the latest, newest, greatest thing. Mm." Yeah. I'm done with this process. I got everything I could out of it. I'm going to go over here. They declare themselves complete because they got up to their their danger point or their 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 push point and pulled back and like, no, this isn't for me anymore. But if you don't go through that, you're never going to make real progress. That's the challenge. So it's kind of like going through the kindergarten in five different schools. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> you never advance to the next grade. You know, <laughs> you you just, you know, just keep everything very shallow, very shallow. Yeah. Or, you know, and, and the weird part is, is that you can feel like that that's not necessarily what you're doing. You're like, oh, no, no, I learned so much. It's not about your head knowledge. It's about how you feel. And if how you feel does not change from the time you start until the time you finish, you did not engage with the work. You may have gained a lot of knowledge, but you did not do anything with it. Knowledge is useless without application, okay? And so the spiritual addiction piece is seeking more information in the hopes that the information will magically make you feel better. And that's not how it works. Okay, so you're still back to first base, basically. You're still back to that initial your container is not solid. My own container is not solid. I'm not solid in my being or in my belief structure, in my boundaries, all of that stuff. I can't own my power because I'm still giving it away. Right. You're giving it away. You're, you're expen- expending it, being upset about things that happened 50 years ago, 30 years ago, 10, like yesterday, you know? Um, you're, just, you're upset about things, and, and there your power goes. Every time you, you put, every time you point the finger at somebody, that's where your power goes, right? So, um, you know, all of these things are reasons why people don't make progress. And the spiritual addiction piece the challenge is that in any addictive 
process, we tend to be in blame mode. It's not my fault. I'm doing what I can. I'm doing as much as I can. It's not my fault, right? That's a classic addiction response, right? It's, it's everybody else. It's not Everybody me. else's fault. Right. And so, you know, everybody else has to change to make me feel better, right? That's the, that's the spiritual addiction piece. Or, you know, oh, well, I, I, I'll, I'll take responsibility for it and I'll put up shields, but my shields aren't working. And so you guys gave me bad information about shields. It's like, well, no, you had to change the way you held your energy field before the shields were going to work. But, you know, okay. You know, <laughs> or, you know, um, I, I, I'm an empath and you feel bad. So you need to feel better so I can feel better. Right. So <laughs> I have I'm to gonna, laugh at that one. <laughs> but that's what we do, right? But that's yeah, what we do yeah. in the beginning is we try and manipulate others who feel bad to make them feel better so that we can feel better. Because we know how to change how we hold our energy so that we don't have to feel bad or upset or whatever when somebody else is feeling bad or upset. You know? So because I'm an empath and I can't control, I don't know how to put up my own shields and, and bring my energy in so I'm not affected by others' energy. Well, honey, I'm dating you, and you have to understand this. We cannot go to a movies. We cannot go shopping. We cannot go to the concert. We have to do everything, just the two of us, in a bubble, and there's no social interaction because oh, I just can't handle it. And that's not my fault. It's, it's your fault. Right. Or, or your partner it has depression, and now it becomes your problem. Because when they're depressed, you're depressed, right? And so now you have to make them feel better, but depression doesn't work like that, right? And so you're now trying to force them to feel better and they're feeling like they have to feel better to make you better. And and then there's this toxic dynamic that happens, right? All of these things are the things that happen as we go through this. And so, you know, you really want to pay attention you know, because the, the big downside, aside from all the things that we've talked about, the big downside of spiritual addiction is that it's exhausting. It will burn you out faster than anything else. Because while you are consuming information at a, at a ridiculous rate, I mean, like so much information, you're not giving yourself any space to integrate. And therefore, the information just builds up until it just crashes in on you. And then you get overwhelmed and crispy crittered. And, but you feel worse because you're overwhelmed and burned out and crispy crittered. And so you consume more, which amplifies the problem, making you feel worse. Now, does the savior complex kind of come into this too, thinking, Here, here's where I'm going. I'll use, again, myself, I just learned Reiki. I'm going to try and Reiki the world. Everybody I come into or situation or, you know, uh, the the war going on, I'm going I'm to put all of my good energy there and I'm going to exhaust myself putting all things there. And so is that also a part of this or is that kind of a sad cousin? <laughs> well, I, it, it's a little bit of both, right? Because part of any time you are, um, trying to, so anytime you're dancing on the edge of doing your own work, right? And I'm going to call it dancing on the edge is that the moment you go up against the thing that's uncomfortable, you're going to pivot to helping or saving someone else. That's what I was wondering if that's a part of it. Because it's so much easier to, to deal with other people's problems than your own. 
right? And so, you know, yes, that is part of it because that's a pivot that, that you do. You can bounce out of the practice you're in entirely, or you can temporarily bounce into, oh, I don't have time to pay attention to me. This other thing needs my attention so much more. Oh, I have to give everything I have to this because that's how I feel important, right? Which is part of how we learned how to do it because the U.S. is toxic and tells us that unless we're doing something, we don't have any value, unless we're producing. So totally understood, but that's what we do. And so, you know, I'm going to give all my energy to try and solve the world's problems, despite the fact that people who are actually in a position to do that haven't been able to figure it out in, in, you know, 100 years. But, you know, but I'm going to fix it all energetically by myself, by emptying myself out and frying myself so badly that I don't have any energy to look at whatever the thing was that I was pivoting away from to begin with. That would actually make me stronger in what I'm doing. Yeah. because. You know, because we forget, not my bull, not my pasture, <laughs> you know, and as part of that setting up boundaries. I know when I was when I was going through the class, oh, honey, I was like, oh, girl, I'm going to set some boundaries now. <laughs> and guess what? I'm going to reinforce them because I'm not moving my boundaries just to suit you, um, you know, live according to what I deem appropriate, you know, and all that for me. Using my favorite phrase of what part of the word no did you not understand? Yes. And <laughs> no was a complete phrase. sentence. I love it, it too. It was a complete sentence. Yes. 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 Yeah. No. No. Really? No. No. You want me to say it in a different language? No. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yet. I know that. <laughs> that was funny. That's the only other way I know how to say it. <laughs> That was not planned, y'all. Just no. if you're asking, no. was not planned. That's funny. So, so yeah, I mean, it's 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 very much a process of being able to uh, recognize when you're bouncing, when you're in resistance and avoidance. Right. This is one of the. That's one of the first things we talk about in the Welcome to the Woo program is the the avoidance, uh, the the resistances pieces. You know, what are your primary resistances, and and you know how do you overcome them and things like that. Right. But you have to be able to recognize it, and in order to even get into a program like the Welcome to the Woo program that could fix it for you, right. You you have to be able to get past the resistance that goes. I'm going to bounce. I'm going to go save somebody. I'm going to leave this tradition entirely because I, you know, I can't, I can't, I'm done. I've, I've mastered this. I'm it's, it's time for me to do the next thing. I, I, I know people anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, but you know, this is the thing is that you, you have to be able to recognize this inner bullshit, right? Because that's what it is. It's inner bullshit. Oh, it's, it's, it's their fault because they didn't hold a good container or it's their fault because you know, I, I I didn't feel safe. Like, no, you don't feel safe because you don't feel safe, okay? Now, I'm not saying that there are people out, that there aren't people out there holding shitty containers because there are some big-ass shitty containers out there, okay? I, I, I don't want to say that that doesn't exist. However, if you feel safe unto yourself, if you can manage your own energy field, I don't care what the shitty container is that you're in. You can hold the container for yourself and you can still do the work, Right? So it, it's not about the other people. It's about really getting to a place where you can feel safe inside yourself so that you're not in that addiction trying to fill the void instead of, try, instead of doing the work, right? 
Because you can fill up the second chakra with all the pleasure you want. It's not going to fill the emptiness in the third. It's just not. It makes no sense to do that. And isn't the third, I might have it wrong, because uh, I still get it mixed up. The third chakra, is that also your where we have our power, our power source? Is that correct? Yeah. Solar plexus? Solar plexus, yes. Ha! Go me. Okay. <laughs> the place where we have like, our power and all the I, I still get them mixed up a little bit. Yes. Sweet. Yeah. Okay. As well as our identity <laughs> and our inner child and all the things, right? Um, and the second chakra is our pleasure center. And so, you know. We, we try to fill the misery in the third chakra with the pleasure in the second, and it doesn't fix anything. It, at, the, at, best, at best, it masks it, and at worst, it, worst, it makes it worse, right? Because our activities drive people away from us, right? First thing with the spiritual addiction would be to recognize that we're, 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 I'm in that mode, right? Right. Which is why I gave you guys the symptoms, right? There you go. So now you can recognize it. Yeah. So what would be like the next couple of steps either to keep myself from going back there once I recognize, oh, this is what I'm doing. Right. You well, know, the first thing you need to do is you need to find safety because until you find safety, you're not going to have a lot of chance of being able to actually do this, the, you know, any deeper level work because you don't have the bandwidth. Your your monkey mind is screaming at you. It's like standing in a room filled with a bunch of monkeys screaming at you and then saying, do your inner work. It's like, <laughs> I can't freaking do that. I'm being screamed at by dozens of monkeys, right? And and they're all telling me I suck. I can't do my work, right? It's, it's literally what your brain is like before you start this, right? So you have to find the safety piece. And I'm thinking, time to shoot some monkeys. (laughs) (laughs) Time for target practice. Yeah. (laughs) Problem is that these are all internal to your brain. So you shoot them and they disappear and show up behind you. And show up over there. They're like, (laughs) (laughs) metaphorically, yeah, metaphorically (laughs) speaking, (laughs) people. Yes. Oh my gosh, that was funny. (laughs) So, you know, you got to get to the safety place because, you know, if you try to do this without finding safety first, it is going to be a long haul slog because you can only do eeky amounts, just tiny little eeks of, of work because that's all the bandwidth you have. It's all the quiet you have in your mind. And people will be like, oh, well, you know, I meditate and I do this. It's like, yeah, but meditation is great. Don't get me wrong. But meditation generally takes 10,000 hours to master, just like anything else. And 10,000 hours on the average person's life is a really freaking long time, right? So, you know, there are faster paths is what I'm telling you. And you don't have to just sit and contemplate your navel for 20 years to get there. Will it work? Sure. That'll work. If you contemplate your navel every day for an hour or two for 20 years, will you find a better sense of yourself? Yeah, it absolutely will work. Most I don't, people have, don't have an hour or two. Yeah, most people don't have that time or dedication. Dude, I work. Okay, I get up, get ready for work, come to work. You know, uh, Mitch, my husband, he comes in like at six o'clock in the evening because he has longer days than I do. So I drive home, cook supper. He comes in, we eat, we do the rest of the chores, either watering the garden, you know, doing stuff for mom, whatever. 
before you know it, it's 8.30. That's time for bath and getting ready to go to bed. Why? Because we get up at five freaking o'clock in the next morning. (laughs) I don't have two hours to meditate. I'm doing good for 10 minutes. (laughs) That's my point. Lord help you you if you got kids, you know. (laughs) Oh my God, yes. There's zero time then, right? So this is what I'm saying is that there is, in the modern day world, there is not enough time in a day to do it in the traditional format. You need to find a faster path. And, you know, that's that's why I've done the Welcome to the Woo program is to give the people the faster path. It's five years worth of personal growth work and two years worth of energetic training in four months, right? Without being overwhelming because, you know, it's it's taken out all the empty space. But the you have to find that safety piece. Whether you do it in my program or somewhere else, you have to find the safety piece where you feel mentally, emotionally, and energetically safe. Now, you can do the the emotional stuff and some of the mental stuff in therapy. And, you know, CBT and DBT, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy and dialectical behavioral therapy are generally good ways to do that in therapy. Um, But the energetic work, you have to learn how to do through, you know, other means, right? So you, you can get the Boundaries for Empaths download on the website. That's free. That'll show you how to pull your energy field in. And then, you know, Shields, you can find information about Shields and Wards online. Um, you know, be careful where you get your stuff from. But, you know, in general, the basic Shields are available online. So you can you can take a look at that. So, you know, if you need to not do, do the course, the, these are sort of the paths that you could take otherwise. So if the, the price on the course is too much. By the way, we do have a self-study version of the course that is... You know, you can do it for, uh, you know, much, it's like a third of the price for the whole program, or you can do it in in um, six sections um, at like 200 bucks a piece. So that is, you know, it's totally accessible, right? Those don't come with coaching, but they are all of the content. And so you could, could use that and do that if you needed to. Um, do something that was less expensive than the full program. So I'm, I just got to tell you, this is the single biggest stumbling block that people run into because they get stuck in phase three. Phase four is doing your inner work. Phase four is giving up the idea of a magic pill and saying, I am the magic pill and I am going to do my inner work. And that's what phase four is. And so to get from stage three to stage four, you have to give up the idea that there's a magic pill outside of you that you can find. Okay. That means giving up the spiritual addiction because that's what that addiction is all about is finding the magic pill. Right. So, you know, and, and, this can get really sticky for people because they're like, oh, but I'm so spiritual because this is another thing is that the ego latches on to the, oh, look at me, I can channel. Oh, look at me, I can do mediumship. Oh, look at me, I can do these things. And yes, you can do those things. It's the I'm worthy because I can do these things. I'm special because I can do these things. It's the holding on to the identity of, look at me, I'm so good at this. You know, it's that five-year-old child inside of you going, mommy, mommy, look at me, look at me, look at me. If you have that energy going on around what you're doing, then you're in your ego about it. So I want to be clear, you can be like solid and proud of what you do. I mean, I'm proud of what I do, right? But 
I'm not attached to it at a look at me, look at me, look at me level, right? I don't care if anybody notices that I do it or not, right? And so when, the, when you're in the look at me, you're still in that spiritual addiction space. You're in the ego part of it. It reminds me of like the, I believe it's from The Peaceful Warrior, one of my favorite books. Um, or The idea is, you know, you have the young, the, the young one who has just, you know, and I'm ready to kick some ass and young warrior, let's go. And the old one's like, let's just say you did because I just, you, you really don't want to do that with me right now. And it's the, the very quiet, peaceful warrior. He knows his ability, but he's also reserved enough. He doesn't have to show it off. He has nothing to prove, nothing. And that, in, that whole thing, it's a whole different energy other than, you know, look at what I can do. Look what I, now, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you like me? Do you love me? How many likes can I get on my video? Ooh, drives me up a wall. But, you know, but, and to me, um, you've been doing this a whole lot longer than I have. So my question is, in the end, doesn't that, would that, let me ask you that way, would that, if I'm still in my ego doing magic, would that limit my magical abilities? And the reason is because when you're in your ego about it, so there's two things. When you're in your ego about it, you're always going to be in a sense of self-doubt. There's going to be something in the back of your head that's going to be going, can I really do this? Am I good enough? I don't know. Because you didn't do the inner work, right? And so there's always going to be that that's going to limit what you can do and how you do it. And then on top of it, you're always going to be worried about what other people think about you. And therefore, you're going to be trying to manipulate them at the same time as you're doing your magic. And therefore, you're going to be splitting your focus, and therefore, you'll be less effective. So I'd still be giving my power away, even with all of that. Anytime you care what somebody else thinks, your power is going there. Interesting. There you go. So that's, and to me, it's a difference. I have a confidence in myself, in my own self. I know there's another word, but the only word I can think of are a, a, a cockiness about it. You know, that's two very different energies. I know there's another word besides cockiness. I just can't think of arrogance. it right now, but thank you. Yeah. So the <laughs> you definition know. of arrogance is puffing. It's pretending to be more than you peacock. are. Right? Well, kind of. I mean, peacocks are that, right? But arrogance is, look at me, I'm so much more awesome than I actually am. Right? So anytime somebody tells you you're arrogant and all you are doing is just being what tr is true, you tell them that they clearly don't understand the definition of the word because you, by definition, are not arrogant if you are telling the truth, no matter how great you are saying you are. If what you are saying is true, it is not arrogance, okay? But yes, the puffing, the arrogance, the, the cockiness, the... You know, oh, look at me, I'm so spiritual. If you are worried about how spiritual you look, you, you have a problem, okay? You're in your ego, okay? And I, I know that this is rubbing so many people the wrong way, and I'm so sorry. I am, I'm, <laughs> I think maybe this no, is No, you're not, because I need to hear it. <laughs> well, I think the reason I didn't do this until now is so that people would have a trust with me already that, that yeah. I'm not judging them. <laughs> right? I'm not judging you right now. I have been there, okay? 
It is part of your process of evolution. Everybody goes through this phase, but the faster you get out of it, the faster you feel better. Okay. I did too. Trust me. After I did my Reiki, I'm like, oh, let me do Reiki. Oh, let me do Reiki. Oh, let me, you know. <laughs> then I'm like, okay, bring it down a notch. And I'm like, all right, cool. You know, and, and Reiki, for me, Reiki is a great example because it's not about me at all. I'm not doing the Reiki. I'm just providing a space for them to do the universe, to, to do the Reiki and bring it, you know, forth. So, you know. We'll take a moment to flash back to the. I've got four minutes, so we've got to close this up fast. But we're going to flash back for a second to um, the uh, the black magic and white magic thing, which is if you are currently sending energy to the war, and I'm just going to say the war because this is an evergreen podcast and people may be listening to this three years from now. But any war that's not happening, and you are picking a side, you are doing black magic. If you are simply sending energy saying, I am intending that this work itself out in a way that is for the highest and best good of everyone involved, and I'm sending that energy, then that is a neutral energy that is just a supportive energy. And, you know, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm not doing any of that because I'm, I'm at the stage where I see everything that happens as an experience and, and everything has a reason. And so I am allowing things to be what they are and then being with what, what they bring, right? So it's all different perspectives, right? And I'm sure I piss people off with that comment too. So this is the how much can I piss you off episode. And 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 I love you. <laughs> and there's a reason it's okay. this. It is. It's okay. It's okay because so. you know what? Opinions are like assholes. Everybody has them. <laughs> You're in, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. It's it's totally cool. And you know what? I'm going old school. We can still all be friends and have our own opinions. Go figure. <laughs> Remember yeah. those days. Mm. So, all right. So Kellyism for today as we wrap up. Kellyism for the day. Break the addiction. I love it. All right, y'all. Well, that's all that we have time for this week, folks. Tune in next time when Kelly adds another chapter into your guide to energy, magic, and the spirit world. I'm Jules here with Kelly Sparta, and you have been listening to Spirits Sherpa. So long, everybody. Bye. But feeling good and feeling strong Knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself I'm driving Wondering where my spirit will I'm driving Are you waking up to the spiritual world and realizing that you have no idea what you're doing but you feel like you kind of probably should especially since You seem to be seeing things and feeling things and having things see you that maybe aren't so great and that you might want to actually control your experience of that. Well, I have great news for you because our Welcome to the Woo program does just that for you. It teaches you how to hold your energy field, manage your energy field, clear your energy field, protect your energy field, and learn how to protect your space. And you learn how to do basic divination and talk to your guides so that you feel like you actually have a clue and have a way to talk to the guides that will help you to figure everything else out. And it teaches you how to make sure that you 
feel mentally, emotionally, and energetically safe. That means that we also deal with things like fear and anxiety and worry and dread and self-doubt and inner and outer judgments. And we help you build a foundation of self-support and courage. All of these things together create a solid sense of safety in your own life. They will reduce your stress levels in half guaranteed. So visit the website at kellysparta.com and find out more about the Welcome to the Woo program. Your future awaits.